What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the DeQuisto Series podcast. It's Wednesday. I'm hanging out in the road rig this morning, and it got me thinking about a lot of questions and inquiries I've had over the years regarding my vehicles and how I have them set up to travel and hunt different states. Um, I've lived out of enclosed trailers, pickup trucks, Jeep Wranglers, vans, all sorts of different things. And that really got me thinking, too, about how this whitetail wanderer sort of style directly connects with the way I hunt and what I do on a certain piece of ground and in the timber. Being proactive is so critical for getting on deer. And above proactive, you got to be dynamic. you got to be fluid. Things are always changing. The sooner you realize there is no such thing as a constant, the better off you'll be. In fact, the only constant is that things are always changing. On that note, let's kick back while I rant. This is Coffee with Cody. There you have it, Matthew. Really getting jacked up. I started off at 16 years old, actually staying in a small enclosed trailer when I would hunt out of state. I got bit by the bug, and it was 110% whitetails and nothing but. And around that time is when I really wanted to start gravitating to new areas, out of state, different properties, looking at different areas. And with that being said, I always felt like, you know, being in school at the time, it was just this crazy juggling act of traveling and not really having an efficient system. That is what sparked the idea way back when to build out this small enclosed trailer. We had an old beat up enclosed trailer. It was about 12 feet long with the side access door that we used to use for shows and it was just kind of sitting in the back and I tossed on some new bearings, a couple new fenders and built out the inside and kind of made what I thought was the ultimate little mobile hunting rig uh, to travel around and take out of state. I remember back then, if I didn't have to be back for school, I mean, I was just living in that thing for as long as it would take. I got out early on the work release programs, and as soon as I got out of school, every weekend, I'd hook up that trailer, and I'd be gone. And it was a home away from home, and it gave me an advantage being able to set up camp anywhere. Anywhere I parked that trailer, I was ready to rock. You know, in later years, working odd jobs, it would really allow me to kind of make my own schedule, whether I was working construction, landscaping, on the dock. When the fall came, it was game on. I would find myself, I lived out of that thing for 30 plus days in the season, if that's what it took. After a bunch of years of utilizing that trailer, and I still do, I've actually left that thing at leases and out-of-state properties, and, and I'll take it when I need it. But as I started to travel more, I didn't want to always be hauling that trailer or having to leave it somewhere. So I started to optimize my actual vehicle so I tossed a cap on my truck completely decked out the inside carpet bed cook area all that and for years I also hunted right out of the back of a pickup truck I did the same thing with my Jeep Wrangler for many years had that thing loaded down optimized to the T all my hunting gear all the gear I needed to live 
living out of the Jeep Wrangler, I would always have a small camp setup designated in a little Osprey backpack. It was my sleeping pad, collapsible bag, a small little one-man tent, cooking stove, all that stuff. If I needed to, I could take off on foot and set up a camp close to where I was going to be hunting. And this would provide the efficiency to hunt anywhere I needed to. If I couldn't park the Jeep and I couldn't get there as close as I could with the Jeep, I would take my mobile camp set up. Throughout these years, I always wanted a van, something bigger, something I could have everything I needed that was completely rigged up in a capable van where I could get to where I needed to go, park there, live off the grid, and have no worries. Fast forward all these years, and I finally got it. Just this year, I ended up making the purchase, and I have been building out the road rig. I am so jacked to hit the road this year in the new setup and test everything out. I know it's going to be awesome. On this note, I think a lot of people may get discouraged about going out of state or to a new area or to a different property just based on not having somewhere to stay, not knowing what they're going to do. I would encourage all you guys to adapt a little bit more of this wanderer mentality. So you got to crash in your front seat one night. Who cares? Go scout these places. This is where I see the correlation directly with traveling to hunt and living to actually setting sight on a property, moving through it, and hunting throughout an entire three-month season. Just like my vehicle situation and my setup, that transfers directly over to my actual hunting procedure. You will never find me waiting around for anything. That's just the way I am. And that doesn't change when it comes to the season. So having that in your mind, in my mind, I am never married to a spot, never married to a property. I'm always open, looking at situations with fresh eyes and moving when I need to. I look at a spot, even though it could be a great spot. If it's not happening right then and there, I move on and I don't get hung up on that. Maybe I'll end up back there a couple months down the road or a week down the road, or maybe I won't be back there for another year. It doesn't matter. Staying fluid and moving and doing what you need to do to stay on deer and find deer, this becomes so crucial as you raise your bar and as you start to seek out bigger animals in hunting. Those things are not always going to be there. You could have the greatest piece of property, and every year, likely, and odds are every year it won't produce a great deer. You could have a shitty piece of property that you never pay any mind to. And if you don't look at it, one year, the crazy monarch could show up and there could be a mega giant. You just don't know. So the worst thing you can do is be complacent. Throughout the season, on my Instagram stories, you'll see I'll say it all the time. Stick and move. Stick and move. Hit a spot, get out of there. If it don't benefit you and if it's not happening, leave it behind. Super simple. The trick is getting yourself to be okay with that. Yeah, you might miss out on opportunities, but you are going to create 10 times more opportunities than what you missed out on. Although my head is always in the game where I'm at, it's always thinking about the next move. Where to next is always on the brain. Some of the worst seasons I have ever had in my entire life were seasons that I convinced myself to wait and to stick around and knowing deep down that something was going to come through, something was going to happen, or that the rut would 
pull deer onto this property and I regretted it forever. Hell, I've paid for property, leased property, out of state, so far away, and found myself hunting just 15 miles away on public ground, free of charge, because nothing was happening on the ground I was hunting. Did I let the fact that I was paying for that ground dictate me being there and wasting my week out of state? Absolutely not. If you are actively scouting and checking your piece and having your finger on that pulse of what's going on on the property, then you know. If it's happening, you stay there. If it's not, you go elsewhere. So many people will find themselves burning up a week, 10 days, a weekend, anything, because they don't think they can go elsewhere. You know, this leads into a topic of not putting all your eggs in one basket. Man, over the years, I've become insanely pessimistic on on what the next season will hold. So many years of preseason scouting, finding sheds, videoing deer out of season, road glassing, scouting, all that stuff. All the years I've I've been so jacked up and thinking to myself, oh, he'll be great next year or I'll be able to get this deer next year or I'll get on these deer that I found scouting next year and all that is just a letdown. With that being said, I think it's important that you do that homework and know that and have that in the back of your mind for when you get to season if your plan A fails. Now, this is where I always look at things coming into season a little different than most. And I I look at my year, for one, on opportunity and how things logistically will line up, where I can get when. But I like to hit my best spots first. A lot of people don't look at it that way. It's crazy how many times I talk to people and they have awesome spots or awesome theories and they're waiting for November to hit these spots. That is the worst thing you can do. Do not let these bucks get squirrely before you go after them. This is, this is a huge takeaway here. If you got a buck figured out or you think you have a good spot or whatnot, Hit that spot first. Capitalize on that. Don't save that. Don't think it's an ace in the hole because that ace can quickly disappear. I've learned the hard way from this many years. I keep a I keep a spot in my back pocket and I try and, you know, I try and tackle the heavy lift first, thinking that I'll be able to fall back on that easy hunt. And it always fucks me. I pre-plan a season very loosely. I get it all the time. People ask me, hey, where are you going to be here? Do you want to hook up and hunt here? Um, what are you going to be doing in December? Where are you going in October? I got a general idea, but I let the season dictate where I'll be because I'm always fluid. I let what I'm seeing at that moment dictate where I'll be next. But in general, I hit my A spots first, and then I step down. And sometimes your A spot might end up being shit. And you got to know to change that up and head somewhere else. This all seems very obvious, but when you get down to it and you're in the season, it's hard to do. All that information you have in your head about that deer, about the pictures you got, about seeing him, all that stuff is weighing on your judgment, and it's very hard to walk away sometimes. And that is where it's important to have a somewhat aggressive approach 
to hunting. The way I learned to hunt, the way I came up hunting, the way I've always done it is light and fast. I don't do well at idle with anything. As soon as I'm stuck, my mind starts spinning. I need to be proactive and on the chase. So that's where I keep myself. So on all this topic of kind of wandering around, traveling to different spots, camping, living out of your car, doing what you need to, um, some of the biggest questions I get are what are the key pieces of gear that are in my Jeep or in my van that help me throughout a season on the road? I got to start off first and foremost with a good power bank. So these things are insane. If you are doing any traveling uh, or any type of vehicle camping, I would strongly recommend looking into something like this. So I have two of them. I actually have a, a, a Goal Zero and I have an EcoFlow. So both of these are electric generators that can be charged by solar panel or by your vehicle's battery. And between both of these guys, they will power anything you want. So I use my Yeti 400 to charge camera batteries, phone, laptop, power my vehicle fan, my Dometic refrigerator, all these small accessories. Now, the awesome thing about this 400 is it's not very big. And as long as you're not carrying around all the time, it's not that heavy. And then my EcoFlow, that's a 1600 watt. That powers all my large accessories, particularly in my van, air compressor, griddle, hot plate, microwave, heater if I need it, all those sort of things. But a good power bank is essential to vehicle travel and camping out of your vehicle. Item number two is going to have to be some sort of shower. Now, this doesn't have to be anything crazy. I've used solar showers, uh, you know, black bags you can get at Dick's Sporting Goods or Walmart that you hang out. It's got a turn-on spigot. Um, those to, to pressurize tanks, anything. But when you're on the road, and particularly when you're scouting and setting up stands and you're, you know, in the woods and it's, it's hot, um, you know, you run into a lot of poison ivy, a lot of just grime and grit that you got to be able to rinse off. And so I actually have a, uh, it's a company called Rinse Kit, I think, and they make all different sizes. And they make a sweet little unit, and you can get them, I think, from a half gallon all the way up to three and a half gallons. And I've had this unit strapped to the roof rack on my Jeep. I have it in the van now. Uh, I've had it in the trailer. I think I have a two-gallon, and it's a pressurized tank with a spigot and a five-foot hose, I think it is. You can fill this thing up from your faucet, from a hose, anywhere, and the tank pressurizes itself, and it is awesome for, you know, rinsing off your hands, taking a quick shower, anything like that. That is a must when you're hunting, especially scouting, hiking, putting on miles, packing in, packing out. You got to be able to wash up a little bit. Item number three, kind of obvious, but you got to have a good sleeping bag. Depending on what sort of situation you got yourself in, you're in a vehicle, uh, you may not have a heater. Uh, the van now is rigged up a lot better than previous setups, and it is insanely insulated, and I have a heater. So bag might not be as crucial, but if you're in a car and it's getting cold, I've slept in the Jeep, negative um, 20 degrees, and a good bag is crucial. I have a 
Oh, I think it's a zero degree down Nemo bag. It's sort of a expanded mummy, if you will. I don't like a super tight bag. I like a little room. And um, it is just awesome. Takes away the chill and packs down so light and minimal. Item number four is going to have to be the jet boil. Yes, these things are awesome. If you are in a car, camping, whatever, I would highly recommend one to anybody. And this is crucial for cooking some food. So so I have a few different jet boil items that I keep all in a little toolbox that is my entire cooking set. I got some obviously... Um, you know, eating utensils in there that aren't jet boil, but um, I have the flash boil setup. So that's like a 16 ounce tall stainless steel. It doubles as a mug and it boils in like 20 seconds. It's got the light up side that'll tell you when it's boiled. That actually comes with the burner unit that locks the mug right into it. And then I have a small 16 ounce pot and a nine inch pan both jet boil brand i have tried a bunch of other camp type brands msr random cheap stainless brands and nothing has held up like this pot and this pan have held up so the standard burner pops off collapses down you can house it in this pot it's got a cover i actually so for it was actually 330 days in a row i was going to do a video on it and it was a, a straight-up test for, for jet boil. I cooked breakfast and coffee with the flash boil, my pot, and my pan. I'm a creature of habit, so my breakfast is always the same, or at least when I'm in a regimen. I do six eggs, a cup of oatmeal, coffee, and I put that pot and pan to the test. And not only that, the fuel canisters last forever. I mean, that's boiling water, having it on low for quite some time to cook eggs. And I would say when I'm on the road, my breakfast is always cooked by a jet boil and sometimes even dinner and maybe a midday cup of coffee if not. But that pan and that pot and those burners have performed flawlessly for me. At a base level, that rounds out the key items. Good cookware, definitely crucial. A good power source, especially if you're going to be off-grid for a while. And needing to charge batteries and phones and do some work on a laptop or whatnot. Good sleeping bag. Crucial to stay warm, stay comfortable, stay dry. And some way to rinse down. Those, I would say, are my key items that are always the first I think about whenever I'm going anywhere to camp out of my vehicle. I plan on doing a Whitetail Wanderer video series very soon on our YouTube page where I will be going through everything when it comes to traveling for whitetail hunting, from my camping setup to my in-vehicle setup to my bow to my stand, everything. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. There you have it. That is really getting jacked up. <laughs>